0: No, I want, to read it. I want to read it because the Lord woke me up at 4 o'clock in the morning and started talking to me about this. And I figured if he did, anybody who wakes me up at 4 o'clock in the morning has got to be, got to be serious. I have been praying, and, and, and this is not really my sermon, but we're going to start off with this. I've been praying about America just like you have. And um, I, I don't like everything I see. I don't like them using kids uh, to preach Against guns, who who don't know whether they're walking in or going out, that's just wrong. Um, it, it's, just, it's just just domestic's going on in this nation bugs me to no end, and it probably does you if you know if you're if you're normal. It should listen to what that I said. In the last several months, I have watched videos and I've read many articles on the plight of the American people. To watch what's happening is sad indeed. As a pastor and as a Christian, I have asked myself and God, what's the answer to the problem, and how is this going to be resolved? One of the first things I had to do was take a good hard look and see if I could find the root of the problem. You know, whenever there's a bad orange, <laughs> it's the root. It's not the fruit. If you can't find the root, you can't fix it. I looked, and, as, and a, as you have at every angle, I looked at the breakdown of the family, and I realized that really is not the root. That's a breakdown, but it's not the root. I looked at the government, and I realized the same thing. That's not the root. Finally, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I found it. The late revivalist Charles Finney, who was born in August of 1792 and died 1875, he said this. If immorality prevails in the land, the fault is ours in a great degree. If there is a decay of conscience, the pulpit is responsible for that. If the public press lacks moral discrimination, the pulpit is responsible for it. If the church is degenerate and worldly, the pulpit is responsible for it. If the world loses its interest in religion, and that was a big word then. We don't use that today. The pulpit is responsible for it. If Satan rules in the halls of legislation, and he does, the pulpit is responsible. If politics becomes so corrupt that the very foundation of our government is ready to fall away, the pulpit is responsible for it. Let us not ignore this fact, my dear brethren. Let us lay it to heart and be thoroughly awake to our responsibility in respect to the morals of this nation. And I wrote down that I took that from a Bill Federer, August 17, 2017 uh, article. I get him in my phone. American Minute, every day I get one. So why is the pulpit at fault? Well, there's two basic thoughts on the preaching of the gospel. The first one stems from preachers that want to please God. Now, I, now I'm gonna tell you something. I'm, I, I, I did this for a while. Turn that light on so I can see, Bob. I, I like to see what I'm preaching. I, I wanna see their teeth. I wanna see them smile. Um, the first group is... is Uh, There's two um, stems from preachers that want to please God. And as they preach his requirements, though true, they sound harsh to the hearer. We call this old time hellfire preaching. Now, the world has said we don't want hellfire preaching. Well, there is a hell. And most people are going. Because we don't preach on it anymore. Yep. Because the world said we don't like it. We said, okay, we're sorry, and we quit. Yep. I don't think that it was the hellfire preaching they didn't like. I think it was the way we said it. Yes, I think that there is, a, there is a way that we preach truth to people without being very nice about it. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I've had times when I have been ticked at people. And I came to the pulpit ticked. Went home ticked, and Lisa ticked me off when she said, "You look ticked." And so, uh, so I've had a few times in my life—not many, not more than two or three hundred times—that I have actually, you know, not really. But, but you know, um, you're wanting so much to obey God, and, and and let me say in defense of myself: Have y'all ever gotten mad at your kids? I mean, you 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 didn't you weren't nice. I brought you in the world, I will take you out of the world. Well, as a pastor, you're going to feel that with people. And so sometimes, sometimes I'm going to tell you, I think we've preached it wrong, but I think we backed away from preaching truth. I think we have done it to a great degree. Now let's, let's talk about the second group. The second group are the preachers that want to love the people who come to church. Like Saul in the Old Testament, at the expense of offending God, they're more interested in pleasing people, that they create an apathy or a lack of obedience. And I want you to put that scripture up for me if you're there yet, Betty. You may not be. First Timothy fifteen twenty four, And we'll wait. I want to show you this in the Bible. I want you to see this. And, and while she's doing that, and it may take her a minute because I just handed her my notes. I... I'm a grace preacher, but the Bible says that grace and truth came through Jesus. It didn't say grace came through Jesus. It said grace and truth came through Jesus. And, uh, And I learned this from Andrew Womack, and I'm glad he said it because it helped me. If I love you, I'm going to tell you the truth. Not telling you the truth is, I don't. It's in other words, go to hell. I mean, just make sure you tithe on your way there. All right. In America today, we have a movement and they say, well, we're, we're preaching the Bible. They are, but they're not preaching all of it. I want to read something to you in the Bible. I not you see this. And Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. Now, Samuel the prophet got on to Saul because he didn't... Listen, he obeyed God, but not fully. That's very powerful. See, he said, I did obey God. Yeah, listen, I can obey God and get this book and find enough truth to never bother you. And, I'll be, and I'm gonna tell you, I obeyed you, I came in, I preached, I pastored, I preached, I, but no, I, no, I didn't fully. See, Saul didn't fully and he's going to show you why he didn't um, I sinned I've transgressed the command of the Lord your words because I feared the people now y- y'all 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 are sometimes y'all look ugly y'all, y'all can be scary no not really I cannot tell you and I say this with love and grace I cannot tell you how many times I've had people call me on the carpet because your relative didn't like what I said. And I'm going to say this to you. I don't give a darn. I I don't know where, what, what did you, did you just want me to quit using the book? I'm sorry, just go home and talk to your relatives because they're going to hell. And I'm in here, I'm doing my best, I'm preaching kindly, I'm preaching the truth, I'm not mad, I'm not mean. But, but, you know, at first it kind of bothered me because I thought, well, I thought, you know, when you come out of Ramah, that's, that's Jerusalem. Y'all have to understand, everybody on fire for God moves there. So you can imagine living where everybody is on fire. You are, you, you leave Bible school really messed up. Because you're going where they're apathetic and don't give a rip. And, and you're not ready for the apathy. You're not, I wasn't ready for people. I mean, I, I saw Buddy Harrison preach and people excited. I saw Kenneth Hagan preach and people excited, and I came preach and they tried to kill me. And I, I didn't know what to do with it. So I'm not, it's not everybody, but it's amazing how many people want you to just, 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 make, just make adjustments. No. The Bible says that God had to deliver Paul from the people. A preacher has to be delivered from you. I don't count whether you're here or not. You're here if you want to be here. If you don't want to be, you won't come back. That's all there is to it. But I'm not going to chase you down the road. If you haven't noticed that, you, you're a, you're a big boys and girls. Yes, I am. Yeah, and and so 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 there's preachers right now they fear the people. And I'm gonna tell you why I'm saying this. I have a friend, and that's as close as I'm gonna get, who has a daughter who's gay, and their daughter and her girlfriend, or the boyfriend. I'm not sure whether. He, I don't know which one's the guy and which one's the girl. I don't don't know. I don't understand all that. (laughs) Wrote a letter to a church in Atlanta. We are homosexuals. Will we be welcome in your church? Will, Will we be accepted? And he wrote back, the pastor of the church, yes. We love everybody. All right. You do love everybody. Now, I would have written the letter a little different. I would have said, sweetheart, I do love you. But I love you enough to tell you the truth. If you come to my church, you're accepted. Because Jesus died for you. But under the conditions that you're in, you need to understand that when I stand up and preach the word of God, your lifestyle is going to cause you to be uncomfortable, which I'm I'm trying to get you saved. Because, and I would give her scripture. And kindly, I'd say you are going to hell. Hey, and she may never come, but she somebody told her that that is love. I'm not talking about I hate you. I'm talking about sweetheart. You know, let me let me let me back up here a minute. Now I ain't even started my sermon yet. So y'all okay? I don't know the names of the two boys, the young men, I shouldn't call them boys, that they got fired from the HGTV because they were Christians. But before they left, there was a homosexual working there, and he came to them and let them know, well, they're firing you because you're Christians. You know. And, they, and so the two boys sat with the gay guy and opened a Bible, and he said, well, let, let, me, let me tell you why... You know, because the gay boy asked him questions. And he, said, and he read that scripture that says, neither effeminate nor homosexuals will enter the kingdom of God. You're not going to heaven. And the gay boy said, thank you. And the two boys, the two young men, they, they got fired from the job. They're not back. Led that homosexual boy to the Lord. See, you're not going to get saved without truth. Even if you don't like it. And that's why America is in the, the condition that it's in today. Are you all okay with all this? Now I'm not talking about hating people and I'm not talking about being mean. Now in my position, I'm to make a statement to you. It's, it's very difficult because every time I stand up to preach, I'm, there's days I'm going to be preaching on you living right. But there are baby Christians that are going to get their hands on this CD, and it, it is going to bring them under condemnation. Yes. And I know it's going to. But I can't sacrifice you by not talking to you about growing up can't do it it's very difficult to have a room full of people and you're everything from a baby Christian to mature and and say everything and I and you you know I know it sometimes I'm losing some people I'm like whoa man I I heard that message you preached on, on living right and it just brought me under so much condemnation because they're babies they're they're doing wrong they're they're doing the best and what they need is a total diet of love they just need grace on grace on grace. Just smear it like peanut butter and jelly on sandwich and hand it to them and let them eat of the love of God. They're, they don't need uh, grow up yes. <laughs> but but now you do. Yes. All right, do y'all see this? Yes. So it makes this job not not so easy. Now in America today this is this is why. America's in the mess that it's in. Um, wow, what's the answer? The answer is to find out how God and His Word, how God and His Word, and love people. But first, you've got to define what love is. Jesus said in John eight thirty one, "If you abide in My Word, and you are, then you're My disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth. The truth will set you free." It. Listen to me. It's the Only thing that will set you free. If you're not preaching truth, no one in the building's getting free. Now, let's go back to the wonderful Baptist. And I'm gonna tell you something. There's some things they did really, really right. They preached a lot on there's none righteous, no, not one. And that's true. And I'm sure, I wanna tell you a story now. And I heard this. Uh, years ago but a friend of Billy Graham came to the Billy Graham crusade and he was a businessman very wealthy businessman and uh, he sat about uh, right up in the front in honor of Billy Graham and Billy Graham got up and preached there's none righteous no not one well this man and and this man's telling the story was offended at that offended I go to church I'm a good person you're telling me I'm going to hell and he got up And in the middle of the crusade, I mean, uh, this was a tent, he stormed out so that Billy would see him ticked. What's Billy gonna do? Change his message? No. No, no. But he came back the next night. Didn't sit in front, sat halfway up. Stormed out. Third night, stormed out. Fourth night, Came forward. Why? Because God was dealing with his wicked heart. Truth was nailing his carcass to the wall. Now, I don't mean Billy was mean. Billy wasn't being mean. But Billy was telling America, you're not going to heaven because you go to church. And you understand that when they first started preaching that in the 50s, that was extremely unpopular. I'm going to church all my life. Who in the Sam Hill do you think you are telling me I'm going to hell? I'm a deacon. You're a deacon on your way to hell. And that's what Billy was preaching. Now he's an icon, but he ticked a lot of people off. Preaching truth. A lot of people got born again. If you've never been persecuted, you've never preached truth. If everybody likes you, you're not preaching truth. I don't have that wealth. Now I want you. I'm going to listen. <laughs> Matthew 28:19. I want you to look at this scripture. Compromising the truth is not love. Thank you for your enthusiasm. You know how many wives in this church bring their husbands to me and say, my wife wants me to come talk to you. I'm a Christian. And that's what I say. No, you're not. Who are you? Who do you think you are to tell me? You're judging my heart. No, I'm looking at the fruit, and it don't look too good from here. Now, what am I going to say to Joe Blow? What, what, what do you, listen, if you take your car to a mechanic and he goes, I don't know what's wrong, but let's just change some parts. Listen to me. I know my job. I know whether you're going to hell or not. And I don't need, I'm not judging your heart, but I can, he said, you will know them by their Fruit. What well, was the woman on TV the other day? And I hate to ask y'all how many of y'all watched that stupid program. But she said, who does Pence think he is? Jesus talking to him. I went, well, just interview me. Just get me on your program. Jesus said, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. That means you're not a sheep. Amen. She said, I'm a Christian. Jesus don't talk to me. And I'm going, not, no, you're not. Now see, the the world is not safe. The church isn't preaching this. Because people wouldn't be walking out going, I'm a Christian. I'm going to tell y'all something. I'm not, I'm not going to die with a conscience that I let you go to hell. I'm not going to. I'm going to just tell you the truth. And I'm gonna sleep at night. And if you don't make it, no, Jesus is not gonna look at me and say, You didn't tell him. I'm gonna say, Oh yeah, I did too. Okay? All right. Now, now, now look now look at this scripture. Go therefore and make what? There's nothing in your Bible about a convert. Thank you. There is nothing in there about Bruce, pray this prayer and walk off and leave Bruce. That is about baloney. Mm -hmm. How many of y'all had babies, left them at the hospital and walked away and said, I got 10 kids. (laughs) I don't know where they are, but I got 10 kids. And said, that's the modern day. See, whenever they have these evangelism mess, I hate hate the, the Roman road evangelistic teaching. I can't stand it. It just mean nuts. First of all, everybody I've ever led to the Lord, we became friends. Then we got into a normal conversation at a normal work day eating a sandwich where something came up and through the reading of the word of God because every, everything anybody ever talks to you about is spiritual, everything. Every conversation you've ever had at lunch, Every conversation you've ever had with your kids. Spiritual, mom. I had a bad day. What's the word say? Well, mom, I don't know what the word is. It says, "Cast all your cares on the Lord, honey." Let's come over here. Let's pray about it. You're, you're somebody at work. Man, I tell you what, those kids of mine. Well, let's pray about it. Well, these kids don't mind me. Well, open up the Bible. Let me show you something. I know this is upsetting y'all. We're going to get into this. There is nothing in your Bible anywhere about making converts. It is discipling people. So I'm going to ask y'all a question. And it's a stupid question, but let's just ask a stupid question. There was a time back in the 80s that I got my pilot's license. I went to Orlando Country. And uh, we sat in a classroom, and all of us pulled out a big, giant book and started learning everything from, from uh, thrust to drag to weight and balance and meteorology. And we all went through it, and we took a test. There was about 20 of us in the class. How many of us do you think was in the air flying in a year? All of us. Why is it we have church and 25 years later you still have never flown? Amen. Amen. I just ticked y'all off real bad. What in the Sam Hill are you even doing in here? I just nailed your high to the wall. You didn't get it. <laughs> Now, in closing, this is my, I'm still reading. If we're ever going to see America turn, we must again see ministers that are on fire for God. His word and his people, Luke 3, 16 says, John the Baptist talking about Jesus, one mightier than I comes, whose latchet of shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He is going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of y'all are born again? How many of you have been filled with the Holy Ghost? Where's the fire? Fire? Let me say something real deep. You're going to have to put wood on it. Or it's going to go out. All right, all right. Now we can get into my sermon. Was that too deep? Listen, I'm trying to get that put in a popkin newspaper. Go to 1 John 3.16. Is that okay? Yes. Yeah, pray with me over this city and pray with me over this church because uh, I, I think God's wanting to do something in this church. I really do. And so we're going to talk about, well, first of all, we're going to ask a really dumb question. What really is love? What in the world really is it? John 3.16, 1 John 3.16, by this we know love. Because he laid down his life for us, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Now, we could stop right there because uh, we just eliminated most of you. But whoever has the world's good and sees his brother in need and shuts his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in you? It doesn't. My little children, let us not love in word, I love you, or in tongue, but in what? Deed, Deed and truth, and truth, yeah. and truth. That means you're going to have to say some stuff. By this, we know that we are truth and assure our hearts before him. If our heart condemns us, he's God's greater in our heart, knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because Jesus loves us and died for us and he cares so much about us. It's quiet. What happened to my Baptist? Whatever we ask when we we pray for healing... Because we keep his commandments. See, if you're not walking in love, you're not going to get your prayers answered. So I'm going to teach you what love is. I was listening to a, 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 what do you call it when you go on, you don't say CD. When I'm on my pad and I'm listening to Brother Hagin, what do you call that? Podcast. Okay, thank you. I'm not up. Brother Hagen was talking about healing belongs to us. And he said that back in, back in the day when um, the healing evangelists were in America, Billy Graham was preaching, Oral Roberts, no, not Billy Graham, Oral Roberts, and a bunch of healing evangelists went into a big, big city and preached. And one church took a survey And they asked everybody that got healed to mail it in. They had 6,000 people respond to that survey. The only people, 85% of the people that got healed were Baptist, Methodist and Episcopalians, Catholics, and baby Christians. 10% of Assembly of God's got healed. Why is that? Because they are supposed to know better. There's a lot of things we don't, we, we, we need to talk about some of this. Because everybody go, I believe in healing, but I don't ever get it. Because you're not doing what he told you. You're not earning it. But there comes a point in your life where you're going to start doing what he told you to do. Y'all got real quiet. Because y'all. Oh, you sucked all the air out of the room. Someone get me a mask and drop it in the fine buffet. I need some air. What, are y'all reading with me? Whatever we receive him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. Now I'm going to talk to you about what that is tonight. Y'all don't go quiet on me because we're going to. If you do, we'll be here all night, and I don't want to be here all night. Because I'm going to finish this whole sermon whether we get out of here at midnight or not. So y'all, y'all kind of help me out a little bit here. My kind of girl over there. All right. 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. I love it. I love it. I love it. Four seventeen. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in the world. There is no fear in love. So if you're full of fear, you're not made perfect in love. Perfect love will drive out the fear in you. That's God's perfect love. But he who fears has torment. He who does not fear has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. All right, now, go with me to John 13. So, you know, this stumped me for years because I knew that if I was gonna walk in health, I needed to get my love walk. And, and I, I gotta tell y'all, Every day. I messed up in my love walk somewhere, just every day. Y'all, am I the only one here that kind of went, okay, well, tomorrow morning, let's start all over again, Jesus. So it really began to bother me because I thought, well, I'm not walking in love like Jesus said. Be it patient and kind. And here's my big one hardly notices when they do it wrong. I just had a struggle with that one because I'm like, I noticed everything they just did and it was all wrong. So I really struggled. My conscience bothered me because I'm not walking in love. I'll never walk in health. I'm just never going to get this. All right, now look at this. Look at this. I'm going to help us. I am going to help us. John 13, verse 34. A new commandment I give you that you love one another as I love you. Now there's the key. By this all will know you're my disciples you have love one for another. Now go back over now and I'm going to show you how Jesus loved. And this is going to set most of you free and it's going to bother a few of you until you get some things straight. Is everybody okay? Just breathe. John 13, now let's verse one. Now before the feast of Passover, now she's not gonna follow with this because I didn't tell her to, so don't, don't worry about what's on the screen. Before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew it was his hour to come and that he would depart the world, having loved his own who was in the world, he loved him to the end. Supper being ended, the devil already put it in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son to betray him. Jesus knew the father had given him all things in his hands. He was going to God and going back to God. He rose from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself, poured water in a basin, begin to wash the disciples feet and wipe them with towel that he was girded with now stop for a minute and let's talk about this I'm going to ask a really stupid question but I want an answer who is Jesus he's God because that's kind of like number one top dog right what is the lowest position in the Roman society washing feet being a servant all right I'm going to say something to us. Listen to me very, very carefully. Though we are sons, the example God in the flesh gave us is to wash feet. Now, that is what he meant when he said, love as I loved you. Are y'all out there? Now, now, There's the part about you dying for other people, but he's really not talking about you going to the cross and dying. But he is talking about the fact that he's asking you to be very different than the world because what does the world think about? Just themselves. If you're a born-again Christian and if you're going to keep the commandments of God, you're going to serve one another. Wow. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Most Christians don't do this. That's the honest to God truth. They don't. When I was going to Bible school, and and I'm not going to preach this whole thing again because you've heard me say it so many times. But the time the Lord said to me, everybody I worked with was going to hell, and I went, so I'm talking about ministry. Um, I mean, I was pretty stupid. But he told me that he wasn't going to talk to me until everybody I worked with got saved. It's amazing how everyone around us is going to hell, and we don't see it. You and I must see it. You're not on this planet to draw a paycheck. You're you're a Christian. He, you're the only mouth he has. You're the only hands he has. You're the only feet he has. And where you work right now is your only mission field, and the people that you're working with, uh, he wants to see what you're doing with them. That is love. And, and, And we're going to get into this in a minute because many of you are going to say, well, I don't know what to say, and I'm going to say this unkindly. Well, quit being lazy. The only reason you don't know how to talk is that you're just too lazy to read your Bible. You have to quit reading your Bible for you I told, no, I told you that if you, you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you mad. I did all of that talking about truth to get you ready for this moment because you don't like anything I'm saying. It's the truth. Jesus said, now who's he? The harvest is great, but the laborers are few. It's still true. He's not talking. Look, that's written in red to you. That's written to you. He's, you the reason you are sucking air uh-huh. is to be a minister. The reason that you are breathing is to be a minister. Amen. That, that, <laughs> yeah. America's going to hell in a handbasket. Well, we're the reason why. Well, I'm praying for them. Well, they're gonna to go to hell while you pray for them, Leroy. Why don't you talk to them? Now, listen, and I know it's not comfortable, but you've got kids and 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 they're messed up and, and they got a boyfriend and they're dating and they're doing stuff and you're praying. Why don't you walk in there and open up a Bible and read and say, sweetheart, I love you, but uh, that's called fornicating, sweetheart. I mean, I love you, but I don't think you need to go to hell for this. Oh, they're gonna get mad? Yeah. And the mama's probably going to kick you. I don't want to tell you how many people Lisa and I in our family, we have ticked off. All of them. At one time or another, we've ticked every family member off. Hey, are you in church? Well, no, are you in church? Well, no, that's a lie. (laughs) Oh, hung up on me! (laughs) Are y'all out there? Did you go home? Listen, listen. That's you. you, This little light of mine. Get it off under a bucket, darling. I have a family member who told me. They said, "Daryl, uh, I don't want you to be offended, but there's a reason we don't invite you to parties, the family events." I said, "Why is that?" Well. Would you just not mention Jesus? I said, No. He said, Well, that's, that's, what we're, that's what we're trying to talk to you about. Well, see, because I've got friends. I said, oh, no, They're not your friends. They're all going to hell and you don't care. I care about them. Well, you're not going to get an invite. Okay, I understand. And got one sense. This little item of mine. <laughs> no, I'm just. Oh Lord, have mercy. John 21. It's get it's getting ready to get worse. You're welcome. John 21:15. Jesus is talking to Peter, and Peter has denied him, and he's going back to get him. But I want you to take very special, very close attention to what Jesus said to Peter about the word love. 21-15, and when they had eaten breakfast, Peter said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Is that right? Is that what he said? And what did Jesus give him as a criteria for love? Right. He didn't say sing kumbaya and go to church. He said, do you love me? I do. Peter, feed my sheep. Uh, I'm going to make another statement to y'all. If you guys are not ministering the word, if you've been saved over 12 months, you now should have enough Bible that you're starting to share it. And and, and I'm not talking about with people in the church. I'm talking about outside the church, at work, wherever you go, because they're never going to learn anything if someone doesn't say it to them. So loving God and sharing the word are synonymous terms. Now, I'm not talking about being sweet. I'm talking about opening the Bible and going, listen, I know you've had hell all week with your family, but come on in here during lunch, and and we're gonna pray about it, and I'm gonna give you a scripture, and sit down with that person and feed them. They're not getting it at church. I believe I have a ministry, pastor. I believe I have a ministry, and I'd like to know if you'd ordain me. Well, if you can't talk to three people, you don't want my pulpit. Are y'all out there or did you go home? Come on, don't get mad at me. Oh, he's not done. Lord, you know I love you. Feed my lambs. A second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said, yeah, I love you. Tend my Who? And now he's not saying that because he's an apostle. Well I'm, I mean, I'm all over your toes and I know it. This is what. listen, don't scream about America going to hell in a handbasket. because all it needs is for every Christian in this nation to just find one person disciple him, and you can turn the whole United States around in a year. All right. One more. And he said a third time, Simon, son Adonai, do you love me? And Peter was grieved. Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know. I feed my sheep. Assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you went where you wanted to go, but as you get older, I'm going to lead you where you don't want to go. Now listen to me. What is love? If you're doing right now everything you want to do, come forward and we can get you back in fellowship with God. That's truth, because you're not supposed to. Jesus didn't live for himself. He li- he came for you, and he set an example. That means he 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 filled you with the Spirit and sent you back into the earth. Come on, this is this is this is simple, but until the church starts doing this, you you know you we're not going to have. You say, "Well, I want a move of God." You are a move of God. Okay. Hebrews chapter five. How are we doing? Oh, we have plenty of time. Everybody say, I'm learning. learning. It is good. It's it's kind of, it's kind of, (laughs) but it's good. Hebrews 5 12. By this time, you ought to be teachers. He's not talking about the five-fold ministry. Whoever wrote the book of Hebrews, Jesus told Brother Hagin Paul did. But we don't know that. Except By there's a time in your life, at some point in your life, you should have matured enough that you're starting to share the word of God. Now, if you're not, and I'll be kinder this time, it's because you're not studying to do it. When I'm talking to people at work, and I started off this way, when I got born again, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything, and I know a lot now. But I knew nothing, and you know where I learned it all? Talking to people, because they always ask me questions, and I didn't have any answers. And I felt stupid, I went, oh, I'll go find the answer to that. And after years and years and years, I started learning how to answer everybody's question because I went looking for the answer. And they always said something, and I got, I don't know what to say. (laughs) I'd go home and learn what to say about that. And that drove me because I felt the Lord wanted me to share the Word of God with people everywhere I went. And y'all, see, I've had people say, well, that's because you're a pastor. I don't think so. I think it's because I'm a Christian. The love of God is shed abroad in whose heart? all of us. That means, listen, if you love God, instead of reading, use the word serve in the place of love. Do you serve God? Do you serve people? Because if you don't, then, then you need to begin. Now, now some people say, well, I'm, I'm a greeter. That's great. I'm, I'm glad you are. But, you're, but, but you're gonna have to, we're all going to have to kick this thing up a little bit. Every job I've ever had since that time in Tulsa, every job I led everybody that I worked with to the Lord, except for the few who looked at me and said no. Every one of them. And I discipled many of them by sitting down and ministering the word. When you work with three people for three years and you eat lunch with them every day, three years later, they ought to know the Bible. Because they're all sitting around talking. And I'm not leaving. Because you're talking. I pulled up. Listen, that's why I still cuss. Because I preach to construction workers. Morgan, what the... There was nothing flowery about any of our conversations. So then I start pastoring you. I had to go, you know, got to cut all the flowers out of this. I'm not saying I cussed back. I didn't. But occasionally I'd say, you know good and well. Anyway, um. I mean, we talked about everything from sex to whores. Have y'all been in the world very long? What do they talk about where you work? It ain't God, unless it's damn. That's a conversation. Last name is Almighty. What Morgan? Almighty. What's wrong with you, Almighty? You said, you said, damn, and I'm just correcting you. It's Almighty. Amen. That's a, listen, everything's about, everything's spiritual. Amen. Now, they'll hate you, but some of them will get saved. Some of them will get right with God. Some of them will grow. You remember the guy I told you, Omar Walker? Him and Brenda pastored a church the last several years of their life because of our conversations on a concrete block. Lisa, do you remember that? And then I had to go do his funeral. I'm the only white guy in the building. There's 500 black people. And when I came in, they set me in the back. (laughs) And Brenda stood up and said, I have a guest speaker, and I'm waiting on him, and I don't know where he is. And I hollered from the back, Brenda, I'm back here. They won't let me up. And she had to let the white guy up in the front. And I walked up there and I didn't know what to say. I mean, there's only one piece of salt in the whole pepper shaker. And it was me. And you know, I'm standing up in front of this, this is a huge Baptist church. And I, and I mean, nobody's smiling, nobody oh oh, and I said, hi, I'm Omar's brother, and they all started laughing, and I went, whoo, I'll get out of here alive today, hallelujah. I've been through some stuff, folks. I wondered whether I was going to make it out. Anyway, let's go back. Let's. Uh, you know, I like to tell stories, but I don't know how much I'm going to offend y'all when I start telling you all this stuff. Because some of it was really close. Okay. Um. Philippians 2.5. Let's go to another one. Did we ever finish this by that? You ought to be teachers. You, had, you need someone to teach you again. Keep over and over and over and over and over and over and over the same truth and you never learn anything. You don't learn anything sitting in church Listen to me The only thing you know Is what you're teaching or living Other than that you're learning nothing I learn most of what I know By preaching it over and over and over and over again And I did that at work And do it here Because after a while the questions are the same And that's really, I was actually more effective at work than I am pastoring this church. Because I had a real dead audience. We could talk. No one is religious at work. I, I can't tell you the questions. Because it would offend you. Morgan, can I tell you about the hooker I took out last night? I said, You can tell me all about it. I want to know all about your hooker. When we get finished, can I tell you about my night? I had a guy say this to me one time Morgan, I'm so tired of hearing you praise the Lord. I'm tired of hearing you. I don't, want to, I don't ever want to hear you say it again. I said, All right, let's make a deal. He said, I'm ready for anything. I'm so tired of hearing about Jesus. I'm so tired. I said, if you promise not to cuss. He said, I promise. I said, you swear. He said, I swear. I swear to God. I said, okay. We shook hands. He's over there where he's laying block beside me. <laughs> Morgan, I can't do it, damn it. I said, me neither, Hallelujah. See, y'all aren't ready for this kind of evangelism. (laughs) I can't tell you the rest of the conversations. You can't handle it. But a lot of them, but I got to talk to them. I'm, I'm telling you, when the rubber meets the road, they came back and went, help me, help me. Because they saw somebody, it was real. They saw. I want help. I really do. I mean, Morgan, I'm really honest to God. I, I need some help. Marriage is falling apart. Kids falling apart. I don't know what I'm going to do. And usually these are private conversations after everybody's got up and walked away and they've gotten finished cracking the jokes and they turn to me with tears in their eyes and say, I, 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 I need some help. Yes. You, know, you know how that, that feels. And you're sitting there and you're praying for someone who their wife has left. She left last night and she's not coming back. I don't know what to do. I have a drinking problem, I got a mouth, and I understood I don't know what to do. That's that's big stuff. And I and I like to tell you how many times that happened. A lot. I had a walk I was I was I was um, working on a hospital and I'm up on a 12 foot ladder and the guy is standing at the bottom of me, he's looking at me and I'm I'm watching him and I'm going, what's this guy doing? And he said, are you a Christian? And I'm thinking, yes, I'm a Christian. He said, I said, why do you ask me this? He said, you're glowing. I said, son, it's dust. He said, no, it's not dust. He said, I'm on heroin. I need prayer. Yeah, y'all know what this is like. You're working you work in construction. This is where people are. I climbed down. Went and got a couple concrete blocks. Let him in the Lord. This is powerful, guys. This is, this is why y'all work, work where you are. It's why you're where you are. Okay. Are y'all okay? All right. I'm getting a little emotional with you. Philippians chapter 2. See, I hate to even cuss using illustrations because it bothers my own spirit. But but sometimes we live in a real world. Philippians 2.5. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ, who being in the form of God, he didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself no reputation, took the form of a bond servant. Jesus came to the earth to serve us. Our... Our life should be that of a servant. We, nobody's going to take your position from you if you've chosen to be the lowest dog on the totem pole. Father, I'm working in this place. Use me. Make me a servant while I'm here. Now... Um, Ezekiel 33. I got a bunch of scriptures, but I kind of... There's something else that I want to talk to you about now. You have no idea in this church how many people don't know the Bible. A lot. Are y'all listening to me? I'm talking about a lot, Shirley, a lot. I get approached... Two to three times a week. Most of them are women. And there's nothing I can do about them. I, I get approached by going, Pastor, I used to be saved. I need help. I used to speak in tongues. Yeah, they're still saved. But they don't know anything. They don't know anything. They don't know anything. I'm very proud of Tom Reed. Now, he'll probably get this because his family downloads up in Paisley, and, and they listened to all of our Wednesday nights. But I went up to Paisley not too long ago, and I walked into Tom's house, and I said, Tom, I don't know whether I gave him the Andrew Womack book or he had one. I think I gave it to him. I said, I want you to start teaching this to your family. And he said, I don't, I'm not a preacher. I said, then read it. Just read it. And he's like, well, okay. His son is named Tom. I got a text the other day. Pastor, thank you for asking my dad to start a Bible study in our house. I did not know that I am a spirit and have a soul and live in a body. I did not know I'm righteous. I did not know who I was. I've been in church for you. I didn't know any of this. Thank you so much. Now, this is my prayer. I want about 20 or 30 of them in this church. I can't do it unless people are willing to lay down some of your time. I don't care whether you, if you can't read, if you can't preach, read. Just read. There's there's people everywhere. I, I walked into a businessman's office last year and I'm sitting there talking to him about something business-natured as far as the church and he looked at me and he said why don't all Christians get healed I said how much time you got he said all the time you won't close my door I'm in his office he's not learning that in church but it's not because I'm pastoring it's it's everywhere and, like I made the statement about it, its women, I can't disciple a bunch of women. I won't disciple. I have one that I'm discipling, and I have my hands full. That one. No, she's great. She's great. Um, oh, okay. I'm, I'm going to read something to you. It's going to be. It's going to be good, Jesus' name. The other night I was laying there and the Lord brought this back up to my room. I've never preached this in my whole entire life. I've never even read it to you, even though I've known it's been in the Bible for years and years and years. Are you all ready? Ezekiel 33, verse 30. As for you, son of man, the children of your people are talking about you Behind the walls and in the doors of the houses And they speak to one another Now they're talking about the preacher And his sermon Everyone is saying Please come and hear the word That comes from the Lord They're talking about Come to church and hear my pastor Mm -hmm. So they come to you as people And they sit before you As people who hear your words But don't do them Now, I'm going to make a statement to you, and you're not going to like it. I'd like to do a real honest-to-God survey. I will bet you money that if I took everybody in this church from us one Sunday and came to your house Monday, three-quarters of you couldn't quote one scripture I preached. That's a heavy statement. Because you're not, you're not coming to do it. Your Christianity is I go to church. Mm-hmm. That's not Christianity. No. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Jesus told you what a Christian is. Yep. You're a harvester. Mm-hmm. If you're not harvesting, you're not even walking in love. That's a heavy statement. I just made a, a, a massive heavy statement. But remember I told you when I started, I said, we're not teaching. We're not even, you, you can't say this to people because they, they just get offended and they just leave church and they don't come back. True. I'll just go someplace. Huh? Mm-hmm. Listen to that. They come to you as people. They sit before you. They hear your words. They don't do them. For with their mouth they show much love. God pastor, that. Wonderful. Oh my God, it was so good today. Really? Bring the harvest in next Sunday. I want to see how many people you want, the Lord. Oh no, you don't, if you knew my job. It's quiet in this Baptist church. But their hearts, they pursue their own game that's most christians in america indeed you are to them as a lovely song pastor oh oh god yes yeah. that's wonderful oh god love it i don't know what you preached on but i loved it anyway man you the way you ran and you hollered and you oh, it was wonderful it was like singing a great song We've turned church into nothing but a big show. Most people are not walking in here with a Bible going, teach me. It, it, if you continue in my word, you are my disciples, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And most people are sick and bound and broke because they have no interest in doing anything there unless it's comfortable and convenient. Can I come to your church? Will me and my gay lover be accepted? No. (laughs) Sit there as long as you want to. I don't think you're going to sit long. Are y'all out there? Did you go Am I done? I mean, am I, have y'all left me? All right. Indeed, you are then a lovely song. One who has a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. They hear your words. They ain't going to do it. <laughs> when I leave here today, you think I'm going to feed the sheep? You have your love and love in mind. I ain't feeding squat. And when it comes to pass, surely it will come. They know that a prophet has been among them. Woo! <laughs> The Dead Sea is not dead because it has no inlet. It's dead because it has no outlet. If you do not start serving, you will die spiritually. You will dry up and you'll start going. to. Then you'll find a new entertainment. Watch the people that have been here the longest. They miss church the most and they're always in the keys or at disney or at a new place to make them happy my happy place surely thank you got one praise the lord out of that whole thing your your christianity is in your love walk god shall love the world if you love if you love me Keep my commandments. I'm going to show you how to do that. I wash your feet. Please wash others. Amen. Everyone around us. I've had days when I, when I came into church and I needed you. I mean, I'm just like, I just, my God, I just need to go to church. I just need someone to hug me today. I mean, I'm just, pfft. but I don't tell y'all. Because if I ever let down my guard and let you know I'm having a bad day, that would definitely be a reason to quit. (laughs) Are you all out there? You come to church for two reasons, yourself and other people. There's times you need it, and there's times you come because other people need you. How am I doing tonight? Do you all know what love is now? All it is is serving. That's all that it is. Amen. Not being sweet. Not being, I love you. I love you too. Bye. <laughs> go to hell. Oh. <laughs> oh. I'll tell you what, their life is messed up. Their life is really messed up. We'll talk to them. Help them out. I ain't not seen them in three weeks, Pastor. I wonder where they are. I don't know. Why don't you go find them? Also we know what we pay you for, no. <laughs> I don't know how to quit, but, we, but I'm basically done. I asked the Lord tonight when I came, I said, help me to start planting seeds in my church and get us to the place to where the people in my church are becoming ministers. That's all I'm asking for. I want you to start asking the Lord. If Don't be embarrassed if someone says something you don't know. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. You'll never learn to do anything if you don't give it a try. Just start doing something. You'd be surprised at how much you know. It's wonderful when you're in the middle of a conversation and the Holy Ghost kicks in and you said something and went, I didn't even know that myself. That's awesome, guys. You have no idea. I'm thinking, that was good. I liked it. And I went, I never thought of that before. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.